Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Valkyrie Cast. It's episode 31, and today we're going to talk about the movie that just dropped this weekend, Black Panther. I'm your host, Tommy. Joining me today, we have the man, Matt, the dude who would wear bat wings if he could to school every day. That's right, I would. You know, Black Panther's basically kind of like Batman, you know, so Wakanda forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, joining us also today, as usual, we have the man who is his spirit animal, the lion, who has the mane of a lion, Drew. (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's true. My beard and my hair are at a critical length that it just goes all the way around my face. The wife says I have to cut it soon, so it will be gone soon. Just pure shag. And guys, yeah. today we have a very special guest joining us, one of our very good friends, Mr. Tyler. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> he's, he's in a cave, and you don't even know that. <laughs> All right, Tyler, thanks for joining us this week, man. And so I'm going to go ahead, and I'm gonna we're going to just jump right into, into our infamous questions here. Um, every new guest on the show, we ask you, You've got a list, your favorite movie, your favorite TV show, and video game, and or whatever, one of those. <laughs> Perfect. Or at least answer them in some way. You know, th- those aren't hard questions or anything. No, no, I love I love these questions. Well, I am excited to be here. Um, number one, favorite movie. Um, it has to be The Prestige. It's one of Christopher Nolan's um, hey, earlier films. And it is, um, it was just incredible. I remember watching it, um, watching the last five minutes unfold before my eyes. And I instantly, it was one of those movies I wanted to watch again. And so uh, that's definitely my favorite movie of all time. Favorite Solid video game. It's a fantastic movie. Favorite video game. I, uh, I grew up watching my brother play Final Fantasy 1 on the NES, and uh, ever since then, I can just remember loving the Final Fantasy franchise, and so that's my favorite franchise. And out of the Final Fantasy franchise, mine's actually kind of a weird one, um, but Final Fantasy 9 is my favorite. Um, Not a lot of people say that Final Fantasy 9 is their favorite. Most people go 7. I think you're the first. 9 is my favorite. And um, in terms of favorite TV shows, I, I think I have to be true. I, I almost wanted to say Breaking Bad um, because it's just such Ooh, a phenomenal show. But I think I have to be true to my roots. Uh, my favorite TV show ever was Lost. Um, I watched it as it aired on TV all the way through. And since then, I've watched it probably five or six times through. And uh, ah. I just never get sick of it. You're a lost boy. Nice. I, I I'm think- a lost boy. Speaking of Lost, I think Lost lost me through like the fourth season. You know, yeah, I, I never, I, will, I never I will watched admit, it. It got worse. It got worse as it went. I will admit it um, did. The first I season was amazing. That. Yeah, the first season yeah. was fantastic. I watched a little yeah. bit of the first season, and and I will say this about Lost: Lost is that wow. show that like like Game of Thrones and some of these other shows that like all of my friends and like it seems like everybody's into and like watches every episode the night it comes out lost was the first show that i ever remember that people were like that with where like it was like we're watching lost monday night everyone's coming over to the house and we're watching it and i always thought that was the weirdest thing but i kind of get it now because that's how like we are with with game of thrones and everything where it's like sunday night watching game of thrones that's fair. Outside of like Rocket Power and Pokemon every day, I th- I think Lost was the first one I paid attention to, like what time it came on and what like what day of the week. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also went through a unique experience with it. I, I feel like that was <clears throat> when internet forums um, like really started taking off. I can remember going to ABC and they hosted forums on ABC, you know, lost discussion forums. And I would just get lost pun intended, uh. in there <laughs> uh, because I, I don't know, man. I just, I loved the theories and everything each and every week. It was just, uh, I yeah, don't know. See, I, got, I think I, that's, I think that's the thing about it. Like, like, I'm with Tommy. Like I had shows that I watched that I knew like, you know, Teen Titans came on at this time whenever, but like loss is the first show. I remember that people like in depth talked about and like theorized. And I, I like, cause I mean, it's not much you can theorize about like Teen Titans and stuff. It was like, Oh, you like that show? I like that show too. But with loss, it was like what you were saying, Bob and people were like talking and theorizing and everything. Yeah. Hey, he's back. There he Andrew is. Has returned. We decided right. to, that we sounds decided much to bring, bring Drew back from the island. <laughs> Your voice modulator is working again. Yeah, we were just yeah. talking about Lost without you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <what> a... <laughs> Wait, this time? All right. I, yeah, I might backtrack on that a little bit. but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, side note. Um, I, I, you were talking about Final Fantasy games. I have an odd Final Fantasy game that's my favorite. I really love Twelve. That's my favorite. Oh. And, um, a lot of people, a lot of people like it, but not many would say it's their favorite. But it is by far my favorite. I think it's because it's a, it's it's really Star mm. Warsy. Like it's like airships and space, like air pirates. And yeah, and you kind of have the the machines. desert boy that kind of gets swept up in the action. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's real Star Warsy, but I I really like it. You it's said my you liked Nine, Tyler. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy Nine. It, it's my is favorite. Is that the one with the weird sport where they do it in like the giant bubble or whatnot? No, and, that's like, Ten, which is Titus. also an incredible one. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Ten. Now, nine was nine the one hmm. on GameCube that was a little bit more back to Final Fantasy's roots. Is that correct? Um, like animation. Well, style? I played it. I played it on the PlayStation Two, um, but. I don't know if it was on the GameCube, but yeah, it was like, it was set kind of like in medieval times. So yeah, it was like back toward its roots. Um, cause seven and eight were kind yeah. of this futuristic thing. And this was set more in medieval times. Well, I'm going to take us over to news then. Cause today is all about black Panther. This weekend has been all about black Panther. Um, so I'm going to preface this with, uh, on Thursday or Friday, Rebecca and I went to the movie theater and everyone was there for Black Panther and we decided this was the perfect time to not see Black Panther. So we <laughs> went and saw Peter Rabbit and we were the only people in that movie that theater. Oh my gosh. And it was amazing. I felt ridiculous because like everyone, like I mean there's this huge line and everyone's like Black Panther, Black Panther. Can I get two for Peter Rabbit please? Like <laughs> In a hushed voice Tommy orders his yeah, tickets. Like, very quietly was it was it good at least like, was it was Peter actually hilarious um you know i i'd hoped it would be good but it it exceeded my expectations um it's a uh, it's a fun little film especially if you grew up on peter rabbit that's awesome mm-hmm. hmm. um but anyways back to black panther um these numbers are astounding uh yeah they're the real four day weekend number we're looking at 235 million Whew. Uh, yeah, wow. I mean, this is February, guys. Like, uh, can you can you give that some context, Tommy, for folks who may not be as familiar? Like me, that sounds like a lot of money, but 
I don't know what to compare that to, I guess, is what you I'm know, thinking. You know, that's fair. Let me pull up the stat because I think Deadpool came out the same time, like the same um, weekend... Whenever. To give you to give you a kind of an idea, uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron made uh, two hundred four million in its four day total. So this made thirty million more than an Avengers movie in its first four wow. days. I think I read somewhere that this might be the fifth biggest um, opening weekend of a movie of all time. And I mean, you're going up against movies like Star Wars: The Force yeah. Awakens and The Last Jedi. And yeah, mm-hmm. domestically. And uh, I mean, to to put this here, to, here's the statistic here. Um, Deadpool uh, opened at a hundred and thirty-two point four million, which is still real impressive. I mean, yeah, it's fantastic for you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering not the summer limited and- ama- like limited audience, but it literally opened February twelfth of twenty sixteen. So um, similar weekends. Deadpool, you know, did pretty well at the time, but uh, Black Panther has doubled that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it was going Friday night to see it. It was wild. It's like you said, Tommy. I mean, I, I we went to see it in a theater we usually don't, and they didn't have reserved seating. And, like, I was real worried about picking up tickets and getting seats because there were so many. I mean, the theater me and Matt were in was packed. I don't know if there was an empty seat in the entire place. They actually, our local theater here, where um, we're good friends with one of the managers, and he was talking to us candidly and was telling us that Friday night they actually had to create additional showings in the evening because they were so, it was so packed. And I think Saturday, I don't know if I'm supposed to know this number, um, but... I know that they had 5,500 people on Saturday night alone. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's that's huge for where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even know we had 5,500 people who, like, had money in this town. <laughs> um, <laughs> for Black Panther, they do tell me. For Black Panther. And I think Movie Pass has played a huge success, you know, talking to the people around here. Our movie theater loves Movie Pass because they say oh, yeah. they make almost nothing from the box office. And, you know, we have Movie Pass and we're not spending it at the front. We're willing to go buy popcorn and all the stuff where they actually make their money. So, um, mm-hmm. Movie Pass seems to be benefiting theaters here. And I hope that it continues to do that. And I hope that there's a partnership because, uh, I, I, Tyler, I don't know about you. Are you a Movie Pass user? You know, I have heard of it, and I really want to get into it, and more and more people that I know are getting into it, and it just seems it, like an incredible deal. Mm-hmm. It is. Tommy, Somebody told me. Tommy, I'm glad you brought it up, me. because this was actually, this is the first movie I've used my movie pass with, because um, I got it like a week ago, and this was the first <sighs> movie, and literally I was like, all right, let's see how easy this is, and it was simple as I pulled in the parking lot. Pulled out my phone, hit it, and by the time I walked up there, I pulled out the MoviePass and card I'm, and paid like normal. It was great. And I'm still really mad because this was the the first time I used MoviePass. It was actually for a throwback movie when they did Alien. Um, Rebecca and I could not go see the movie with you guys because for the first time, our MoviePass messed up. And I, I, I mean, I guess MoviePass servers were just so flooded that the app logged us out. And was throwing errors and would not let us in. And actually, mm-hmm. on Sunday, the only way we got to go see a movie is we both had to make new passwords for our account and had to like reset our accounts. 
that's odd. Mm. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was it was super weird, but you know, I it, I mean, the amount of people that are going to this movie uh, has just been a huge flood. That um, I think we all knew it was going to be big, but I don't yeah. think I don't think we knew quite how big this was going to be. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize there were going to be as many people as there were there. I, I was surprised. I knew it was going to be a big movie, but man, it was surprising. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen our local theaters packed as I did See, in February ever. I'm really glad that we went when we did because we went on Sunday morning at 1130 in the morning when most people are still in church. And that's <laughs> the one beautiful part about the Bible Belt is you, you know people are going to be in church <laughs> and so we were just there with the other heathens i was and gonna so, say as long as you just you're just a sinner you'll be all right <laughs> yeah yeah uh <laughs> just so you know i think our uh i think our theater was like halfway packed um but i mean literally as we were leaving the i the whole parking lot's filling back up with people who were coming for another round and i had friends who drove a couple hours away to go see it in a better theater again Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it had a great great opening run. I think Tyler, a lot of people. This. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Drew. Oh, I, I was just gonna. Tyler lives in a, a different state than we do. What was it like the theater you went and saw it in? Was it just as packed? Yeah, it it was it was incredibly packed. Uh, we went to a, a theater in kind of like a large shopping center. It's kind of the biggest theater in in Knoxville, and um, I I honestly we we had trouble getting. A parking spot, let alone getting into the actual theater, uh, going and standing in the line to get into the theater. We had problems just parking. Um, and part of that is, you know, we picked a Friday night at around 7.30 to go, and so we kind of did that to ourselves. But, um, man, just seeing the lines um, just out the door for this movie, like you guys are saying, it was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah! Well, let's let's go ahead and jump into the meat and potatoes, guys. We won't go Woo. into anything that uh, spoilerish, but let's just talk about our initial thoughts on Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm the local MCU hater, so I'm going to go ahead and start us off here. Yes, because I'm super curious of what you thought. I haven't told Same anybody because um, mm. I really hated how much I enjoyed this film. Yes, yes. I I was wondering if you were about to do that. I was like, "Don't tell me you hated this movie, Tommy." Really? You can't. You can't. (laughs) Now, um, you know, Drew. I'm I'm excited for this discussion because I do. To me, there was still a lot of signature tropes of the MCU, Mm -hmm. um, but there were two moments that for the first time I went, Oh, Marvel, you fixed the things that have been broken in my eyes. Mm. Yeah. I'm super curious what those are. I I said before we got on here recording that this almost felt in some ways, I mean, I knew it was a Marvel movie. You knew from some of the, the telltale signs, but if, if you would have taken this movie and, and plopped it down, you know, 10 years ago when, Marvel Cinematic Universe wasn't even a thing yet. Um, I wouldn't. I mean, it, it was just a good movie. Like it, it, it didn't rely so heavily of you knowing everything. I don't. I don't think you had to know anything about Black Panther or the MCU to enjoy this movie, and that was really nice. I really enjoyed that, and was kind of surprised because I really f- was worried a little bit about it just being so between now and Infinity War. They built so much of it, and you know when Black Panther came into the MCU, he was just kind of this tag note on the end of Civil War. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised about how standalone this movie was. It was good. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'd agree. I, that's one of the things I came out of it going, that was, wait a minute, they didn't like throw in your face all the connections and like, oh, Infinity War is coming up. There was, in fact, most of the references to the larger cinematic universe were subtle, which is odd for Marvel. Like the yeah. subtle reference to Bucky being in Wakanda and then just like, even the, the, the whole plot starts off with, you know, um, the main character is dad's passed away. So he's going to become King. And like that happened in civil war, but like, they just kind of touch on it in a way where you're just like, Oh, so that's what happened. But you didn't really have to know how, how or why the motivation behind it was. It yeah. fit perfectly fine in this movie. And so those, those things I actually really enjoyed, thought I might miss them. But then after I thought about it, I was like, no, I like this. Like they did such a good job. I think you could, just jump in right here and and understand it and enjoy it and i think us us talking about the number of people i think we underestimated how many people who are not comic book fans and are not marvel fans came to see this movie just because of the significance of the movie and how it was made and everything and so i think that's awesome for marvel and awesome for movies and comic books in general because there's a lot of people who came to see this movie and now we're super, super interested in this kind of world and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the music's killer, too. Like, if, if two things before we talk about smaller things, the, for me personally, the music's great, the soundtrack's great. Um, and what I said before about, like, you don't have to have any... You know, we live in a day and age now that you, you have YouTube videos you have to go watch before you go watch a movie so you know what's going on. <laughs> um, and you don't have to do that for this movie, and I love that about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to speak to to Matt's point as well, you I think you had a lot of um, new to the MCU people come out for this movie. Um, this movie, for me, had a, a different tone than previous <gasps> films. I mean, we've had, what, 18, 18 films in the MCU so far? That's wild. Um, mm-hmm. It's wild, and yet this one still felt different. Um, I think part of that is the uh, casting um, I think there was definitely some social commentary and tones in this movie um, that that got people excited and and overall, I mean, it just it was a different film in a good way. I think um, I think this one dove a lot deeper than some of the other MCU entries that we've had thus far. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think they did well with the social commentary because it didn't feel it was very poignant. It was very to the point. Um, and, and it felt very yes. valid, but it, it didn't feel like it was beating it down your throat the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. I'd agree. And so I think it, I think they did a really good job interjecting the commentary. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of movies struggle with that because they either overdo it when they're, they're referencing back to social issues uh, to the point that it distracts from the story that's being told, um, or they don't take it serious enough. And mm-hmm. I agree with both of you guys. I, I felt like they balanced that tension really well that they didn't minimize what's happening in the real world and, and the history and kind of cultural stuff that's going on. But at the same time, it, it never felt like that became more important than what was happening in this fictional country to these fictional characters, um, mm-hmm. to the story. I really loved that. It was it, it was good. Yeah, I, I'm glad y'all brought that up too because I, I had the same thought in... Um, you know, I can only relate so much, but I feel like I've heard some people say, you know, they didn't take it far enough, but I, I agree with some people I've heard said that they, they hit it perfectly because they were able to put it in there enough 
that it's like, hey, this is a thing we're going to mention and throw in there, but they didn't put it in so much that it takes away from the fact that, hey, this is a fun comic book superhero movie still. So I think they, they balance that super well by still bringing up these social issues, but not taking it too far where it would bring down what the movie still overall is. And that's, you know, that's that's a hard thing to do. And I think they did a oh, pretty yeah. good job of it. So. Who, who is the director on this film? Do you guys know? I'm, I'm not familiar. Uh, I, I know he up. did Creed. Ryan, was the, the same who, guy who did Creed, yeah, right? Ryan mm-hmm. Coogler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he, I heard it was the same guy who did Creed. I, I thought, man, he did a great job. Kudos, bro. Yeah. His, uh, the I, It makes me really want to, because I wanted to see Creed when it was in theater. I just never got to see it. But, like, it makes me want to go back and watch that for sure. And, and he has another big film that I have a few people that were telling me to go check out um if i can remember what it was the oh. fruitvale station yes that one i heard i've heard that's like really really good too and those, so those are the three seen, i haven't seen either of these so i'm gonna have to we, we need to make a night of it mm-hmm. yeah i agree absolutely and, uh, spoiler warnings spoiler, spoiler warnings think before Let's spoilers? Dive into it. i do want to start off before i mean as we get into spoilers and just say i think one of the things i was most impressed with was just the overall casting of this movie was fantastic yeah. i can't think of mm-hmm. one character from this movie that at a point i just went no nah, i don't know if that works really well i think everyone worked where they could be i mean you know that's opinion where some people may say well you know i didn't really like uh, you know martin freeman's character so much or or i didn't really like claw or i didn't like the sister or whatnot but i i think every one of the actors and every one of the characters was spot on and believable and just makes me made me really really engaged um because i'll be honest there were a couple points where I don't think the CGI was as good as it could have been. Oh my gosh. But and and mm, sometimes and sometimes it's that's hilarious. super distracting and take can take you out of the movie, but I was so interested in this world they were building and I was so enthralled with like how well well the characters were that like when I saw uh you know T'Challa do the jump like in the casino room when he jumps up on the rail, I was like that looked like garbage, but I was like I don't care cuz the scene is awesome. So like that I just wanted to make sure we touched on how awesome and great the whole cast did and just good job guys way to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point because in age of Ultron, some of the CGI wasn't that great either. And some other Marvel movies and not great acting has like just made that even stand out more. I I feel the same way. Like there, this is not a perfect movie by any means. Mm -mm. Um, And CGI, there were some points that were not good, but I never felt like it was so bad that it took me out of the moment because I was just so convinced by the performances and the characters. They were really casted well. There is one moment for me, I got to be honest, and I think I really enjoyed most of the cast except for um, Dad Gummit. Um, hold on. I, I pulled up his name. He plays uh, the slightly older dude in the large purple shirt. Forrest Whitaker? Um, uh, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker? Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker, yes. Thank Saul you. Guerrero? Just uh, Saul Guerrero. Yeah, I... I yeah, normally... You better measure your next words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he and Martin Freeman kind of took me out of the moments, but honestly, like, Forrest Whitaker's part during the first ritual scene, I don't know mm-hmm. why, but, like, between that and the bad CGI of the waterfall behind them, mm-hmm. I... 
Mm. That, man, that scene the, almost lost it for me. Man, though, Forrest that Whitaker, scene man. though was such a good scene. That that besides the like uh, the waterfall, I didn't notice. It didn't bother me as much. I did have the moment of how did these people get up on some of these rocks? <laughs> but that they whole climbed, sequence, Matt. they climbed, and the like tradition and just the culture that was being developed and shown in that scene and the whole like this is er- this was pretty early on in the movie and so when the the um i don't remember what the other the, the fourth clan i don't remember what they were called but when uh they show up and they like challenge him and they're fighting that was an intense fight and i was sitting there the whole time like i know this is early in the movie so i know he's not gonna like die here but why am i so like scared and nervous right now like i love that se- whole sequence i thought it was really really good i don't know the the people dancing six stories up on the edge of a rock i, I just <laughs> didn't do it for you <laughs> there was there was something there but you know that being said i think that was that i've seen i've seen crazier scarier things in 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 parts of the world tommy than that so well it's it's it wasn't the presence of it it was the lack of believable like CGI and yeah. for me. Okay. Like it just I it get that. felt mm-hmm. it felt too fake. Mm-hmm. It felt to me kind of like um, when you see uh, people who have been CGI'd into a, like a big audience or a big stadium. Yeah, so like it looks like they just turn cut, on like cut and pasted two thousand three yeah. and it pans through the crowd. Yes, that's what it reminded how, me of. How does it stack up to Superman's mustache? No, oh, not as bad. Oof. Yeah. Oh, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) They had to do it for a whole movie. These guys only had to do it for a scene. (laughs) These guys had one job. Yeah. (laughs) Man, now I'm going to notice that the next time I go and watch it. Because, like, I want to see this movie again. I think this would have been a good one to see again before we came and talked about it. But what can you do? Um, Okay, so what what else did we like? What else stuck out from y'all? Well, do we want to talk about characters? I think all three of us, four of us, have specifically said that characters were one of the highest points. What what characters did you like? Which did you not like? Uh, obviously, Tommy, Thomas, uh, Thomas, Tommy. I don't Dude, know when Thomas came out. I don't know where that came from because my name isn't Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas the train. Well, um, what, well, why don't we just start with T'Challa? Like Chadwick Boseman as the main character. Like, what did we think of his performance and his character and his whole story? Not all at once. <laughs> so, what what I saw, um, you know, Marvel movies, especially lately, um, they have been leading into humor a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. um, if you compare if you compare Thor um, to the previous Thor movies in Thor Ragnarok, um, his character he was just funny and kind of off the wall at moments, and um, you know, a lot more likable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and here with Chadwick Boseman, he still, they didn't lean into that hardly at all with his character. He uh, remained sort of very stoic and very regal throughout the movie, uh, very Would you purposed. say kingly, possibly? Yeah. Kingly, yeah, there you go. I'd that that would that. be good. That would be apt. Um, but and so I, I, I thought that I, I thought that was good. Um, I don't think it would have been the right direction for them to... Uh, inject too much slapstick humor Mm -hmm. uh, with his character Mm -hmm. no i agree i i I was a little worried going in with the success of ragnarok which 
that there was nothing they could have added in. I mean, I guess I could, they could have, but they were pretty much done by the time Ragnarok came out. But I was a little worried that that was going to be the new trope, and I was pleased to see that while there was still humor, because it is a Marvel film still, um, it wasn't... Uh, I heard somebody say, I, we don't need another Tony Stark character, and T'Challa isn't like that. He's much more like uh, a Captain America, where he's more serious... He has his moments where he can, you know, quip here or there or be a little funny, but it's not his character. His character is more, you know, in the moment, serious, very, very honorable, very, as Drew said, kingly character. And I think that was really cool and, and worked really well for his character. And Chadwick Boseman did a really good job doing that character well. Yeah, I so in Civil War, Black Panther was probably my least favorite going into the movie. Uh, like when I originally was seeing trailers and thinking about the movie, I just felt like it was one more character they were just trying to throw in to add some. But once I saw Civil War, Chadwick Boom, uh, he, he really sold the character for me. Mm-hmm. Like he was the reason I liked Black Panther. So same same as here. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I feel like he gets the part. And I like T'Challa's character because... I like that he's a king and he has this responsibility, so he's he's got to be serious and he's got to be noble, um, and I like that about him. But at the same time, he he can you know quip a little bit and be a little funny, but he's not constant jokes. I I liked his character a lot. I thought mm-hmm. they did a great job with it, uh, and he grows a lot. Like his arc in this movie is is pretty good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tommy? Oh, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I. I mean, honestly, I don't think that there's really anything bad to say about the characters. I think everyone portrayed what I imagined that these characters' personas would be. You know, I didn't... I tried to watch Civil War again, and I I didn't get (laughs) through it, didn't make it to Black Panther. I've never honestly read a Black Panther comic, so I'm coming in from a completely um, blank slate with perception, and I think everyone did a fantastic job, um, you know, in terms of... Uh, I'm thankful they didn't make T'Challa like a uh, comedic, nonsensical. I mean, that's why we have our resident white man, Martin Freeman. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I thought they did a fantastic job uh, just all around. I don't know if I have anything to, to add outside of most characters except for I think my absolute favorite was uh, Shuri, the sister. The sister yeah, was awesome. She was awesome. <laughs> I thought she was really cool. She was I can't a, wait she was for her addition. and Tony Stark to meet. Like mm-hmm. that's what I'm most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, in Infinity Wars, is the two of them meeting? I was thinking like this movie introduced and showed us a lot of characters, and oh, I yeah. felt like I got a good understanding and a decent background of all of the major ones. Even even like um, what was his the the. I lost. I had Obviously, it you didn't up. know him well enough the, to remember uh, his name. No, I'm gonna. It's it's Wakabi, Wakabi. the the guy who he's yeah. he's basically in charge of like the border and whatnot. And like, he was interesting to me because like he he had a clear giant motivation rhino? too. That's yeah. why he was interesting he to me because he has rhino, a giant rhino, which was cool. But like he an armored rhino, an armored yes. rhino. But he he like he was in, he wasn't like a major character, but like it was clear what his motivations were and like. I thought that was even those like side characters were really cool and stuff. So good job with that. Um, I don't know if anyone else saw Get Out, but I like to think that Wakabi's character is an extension of Daniel's character from Get Out. Yeah, because he's the main character in Get Out, right? Yeah, and so like white people 
like just freaked him out so much that he literally decided I'm gonna go, go I'm to gonna leave uh, and <laughs> and then his heart was like he gets this opportunity like let's let's rage war against the white guy and he's like you know what? yeah I think it's time let's do this yeah that sounds cool <laughs> well we can't talk about all these awesome protagonists without talking about our two main antagonists uh, mm. the main one uh, we saw at the beginning but we didn't really see him really come in until later was Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger who was Gosh, awesome. And the other one was Andy yeah. Serkis's Louis, um, Louis, ah, Ulysses Claw. There we go. That's hard to say sometimes. Question, um, though. Yes. When we see Killmonger for the first time in the museum, did anyone else think, oh, hey, a new Kendrick Lamar music video? <laughs> I, <laughs> I kind of get that vibe. I kind of get that vibe, too. Um, what did y'all think about these villains? I, for one, like... I agree with most everyone that Killmonger was a very interesting and a great antagonist. I don't really want to call him a villain because his motivations kind of weren't wrong, but he was definitely an antagonist in the way that what he was doing, the way he was doing it was the wrong way. Uh, Claw, he's a villain. There's nothing there. You can't get around that. He was a villain. I don't know about him, man. When he sliced that one girl's throat, he went pretty villain for me. Um, (laughs) That may just be me. I can see that. (laughs) I I, I, don't know. I, I thought... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, the one thing about Killmonger, I came out of it really liking his liking the motivation and being like, that was a good villain, Marvel. I like that. Um, oh, I just said it there. Antagonist Marvel, good job. <laughs> but uh, no, I've been seeing... I mean, I've I been, think the best villains are those that you can relate with and borderline sympathize with. All right, you're right, you're right. I, I just The one thing I disagree, though, is how, like... Everyone online seemed to be like, this is the best villain ever done ever, period. Like, better than the Joker, better than blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I mean, he was really good. That might be a little far. I don't know if I'd go that far. And so I just wanted to put that out there. He was real good, and I liked his motivation and everything. But I don't know if I'd put him on the top of the mantle. He's definitely one of the better Marvel ones. Yeah, I would agree. I I would say that Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger in this movie um, was the perfect antagonist for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the themes that it was trying to get across. And like Tommy said, um, what makes him so compelling is that you can empathize with him. Um, you almost a little bit find yourself rooting for him and then yep. he might go slash a girl's neck or something and that might, you know. I did um, it for me. I was kind of with yeah. him until that point. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but, gotta gotta but get he, you now. he was... He was just outstanding, I think, um, for this movie. And, and I think um, that is part of why this movie was so entertaining. You know, the, one of the biggest issues that I had with him was we see him um, at the beginning of the movie, and then he's gone for about 45 minutes. Um, you don't see him on screen again, um, and then he just kind of shows back up, and that that was a little disappointing for me. Yeah, um, I'd agree but, with that. I think I, I had the thought today of, you know, if his plan was to just go to Wakanda and, you know, challenge T'Challa and whatnot, like, he did that by killing Claw. Couldn't he have just killed Claw in the museum and taken him and we could have skipped, like, 45 minutes of this movie? Great yeah, 45 I minutes, get- but, like... Some of those are the little plot points that make you go, I don't really understand what his plan was. And also, like, little things like the girl that was his girlfriend or whatnot, her sole purpose was in the m- moment to be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're you know, lovers or whatnot. And then so the next time we see her, he can just kill her in cold blood. And we go, oh, he's a really bad guy. When, like, he shot her and I went, well, that's bad, but... 
I don't know what that's supposed to like. I, I think you're tr you think I'm going to feel something different than I have no attachment to this person. So I, I, I thought that was a little weird. Um, but I mean, see, I, that's I, like the I, I only on, negative I can say about that, about his character, see, though, really. I'm kind of, I'm kind of the opposite of that. Cause I, I didn't mind all that mostly because one, I felt like I agree with you. The, the girlfriend thing may have been a little weak, but it did. It was very effective in a very simple way of illustrating this guy's willing to kill to get what he wants. Um, True. he's, he's kind of, he's kind of, I'm going to do whatever it needs be to get ends versus uh, ends justify the means kind of my mentality. And I didn't mind him being gone for that 45 minutes because I felt like, um, claw, claw I, he was, I, man, was <laughs> I liked claw Andy circus. Andy circus. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. Like I really thought he did a great job. He was interesting. Um, and it just highlighted, I knew I had a gut feeling that he wasn't going to be the, the big bad guy, but up until the point that he just got shot and killed, I didn't expect that to happen. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And it kind of caught me off guard, and it, it worked for me. That, it, that transition from, you know, being this random, you know, guy that was working with Claw, and you could tell there's something a little bit more there, um, to being full-on villain of the thing worked for me personally. I, I didn't yeah, mind it. Yeah, Claw, Claw pay, played a bigger role in this film than I thought. I yeah. thought originally when mm -hmm. I was just watching the trailers. Yeah, I, I felt like it was going to be the opening scene. He gets captured. That's it. Like, exactly. That's how the movie was going to open. I was I was pleasantly surprised when that wasn't the opening of the movie. I'm real bummed that both of these villains died by the end because they were both really good in their own way, and I think that shows that Marvel actually did well with these <laughs> villains because they you know they're gone, and all I can think is well. I could have used some more Ulysses claws and and Killmonger. I could have used seen more of them. I'm a little I'm real bummed that they're dead and they're not we're not going to see them unless Thanos, you know, resets the world in, in the next movie, but that's a whole nother discussion. Well, but I think this this highlights something in the greater MCU that we've talked about on this podcast a lot. I've had lots of conversations with my friends, me and Tyler, I know have talked about this, is that Marvel has you know, one of the critiques is the villains always are the weak they don't have much character they're not believable but i had no problem i liked both of the villains characters um you know killmonger i was rooting for him for part of the film and outside of loki they've not really accomplished that mm -hmm. uh, in any other films so you know kind of what tyler was saying earlier this feels like almost a bit of a pivot in a different trajectory for marvel it's not in their wheelhouse to have real solid villains and it was really nice to have some solid villains. I think it just added to the film so much more because they had some believable really well really well casted villains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tommy what do you think about the villains in this movie? Uh, honestly I don't I don't have anything bad to say and I don't really have anything new to input. Um, mm -hmm. They were well constructed they were well portrayed um you know, I I think one of the reasons that Black Panther has landed so well, and I think one of the things that Black Panther does better than I feel a lot of the others in the MCU is even though this technology that is presented is advanced, even though there's a lot of fictionalized material, it feels very rooted. All of the mm -hmm. characters feel very rooted, feel very believable. They feel like people you've met people that you've passed on the street even killmonger um i mean we 
our local city is is one that has a military base and all my life I've grown up around military members and um so even the persona of a trigger happy ex-marine black ops guy that you know it's it's a amplified personification um but honestly these all felt like people that I could meet unlike yeah. unlike Iron Man which is essentially Elon Musk like there's I'll probably never meet Elon Musk, but I feel like that there'd be a chance in my life that I'd meet someone like Chicha- like T'Challa. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that everyone just felt believable and uh, and just um, rooted in real life. Mm-hmm. Tommy, let me ask you a question. You you said that early on in the podcast that this this movie addressed. I think you said two of the big things you have in Marvel movies. I know what one of them is, but was villains not being great one of them no actually i i should say that there were just two scenes themselves i wouldn't say that they were necessarily things i well i guess one is um we've often talked before on this podcast how i i hate that marvel will kill a character and make a joke Um, yeah exactly you know i i loved the scene where killmonger sliced the girl's neck and then it just like it cut to silence and it held it for a minute and it it you know it tried really hard to make that a powerful moment um i think the only way that that could have been better is if it was a character that we had spent a little bit more time with marvel still isn't necessarily willing to dispose of a big name or or someone we've really grown to love just yet in my opinion um, but I think they're taking they, steps. Well, they in the are right in the direction. comic book industry, and well, they do have yes. a bad habit of never letting anyone die. So. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, you know, I can't. But, I can't argue against that. But I think e- either way, I think it was a it was a powerful moment, um, and it wasn't lost on me. Um, and I was really impressed with most of the battle scenes, unlike Winter Soldier, where I honestly I couldn't stand the fight sequences. Um, I enjoyed. The fight sequences here in Black Panther. Um, I will say the train scene between T'Challa and Killmonger felt a lot like uh, the Phantom Menace fight between. <laughs> oh yeah, Darth I heard Maul someone make that, that comparison. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, it just. I mean, it's not a that's not a complaint or, or criticism. Um, yeah, I thought it was all well done, but there was uh the fight sequences just felt once again, just grounded. They felt, um, like this, this could have been a, a legitimate battle that was being waged between two factions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and they didn't romanticize things. They, y- yeah, some people got thrown farther than they should, or, or, you know, like they broke the laws of physics to an extent, but the music that was behind it, the, um, atmosphere like literally the the scene itself was presented in a way that Marvel doesn't normally do and it was it there's very few times I'll look at a Marvel film and and use that like horrible terminology like cinematic like Marvel to me feels very templated in a lot of ways and fight sequences falls in that and I think this is one of the first times that the fight sequences kind of broke their own mold and went to a more classic style and portrayal and I appreciated that I I enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah I agree with all of that mm-hmm. um I thought the fights were really good um it's my thing being all digitized it, it is okay 
I thought the the field fight, Tommy, that you were talking about, especially the the big fight right outside the the vibranium mine, did have more of a classic feel to it. It felt like, you know, big army fights 101 in movies, but it felt good in a way. It didn't feel like super CGI, and it was really great. I I liked it. Um, It felt like there was more weight to it. I don't know if that is is what it was to me it just didn't feel computer generated i guess even though i know a ton of it was but i know a good bit of it probably wasn't either i mean there weren't giant rhinos running through there guys sorry to <laughs> so say. can i can i give a can i give a slightly dissenting opinion yeah. i i agree with what's been said for sure um especially with sort of the different factions um you know the kind of royal guard coming out and and fighting and um i i did like all that and it did definitely have weight to it where some of the weight was lost um and this might be an unpopular opinion um i felt like the tech particularly the black panther uh suits were just presented a little bit too impervious um to carry much weight they were OP. Um, whenever whenever they whenever they were um fighting with killmonger um before chadwick boseman was there um i'm sorry black panther was there um i, I just i thought in my head there's no way they can win this uh, because a his suit is made out of vibranium and now it also absorbs you know any sort Kinetic of energy uh, kinetic energy and so um it just it seemed very very impervious and they and they kind of on top of of that um, they have super power flowers that like give them super strength that they just kind of and and that and we see that play out we see that play out in the final battle um in which you know black panther has to figure out a way to kind of uh defeat this this impenetrable armor um but you know that that kind of went away from some of the weight that you guys were talking about with with all of the other battle sequences yeah Mm -hmm. i'd agree with that i even thought you know going back to what tommy said about they can't let someone die without a joke i even thought when black panther finally delivers that last sword in the chest and he kind of even cuts a joke there like good good move or something like that I'm glad they added the scene after that because if that would have been it and he just would have toppled over, that would have been a, a week in for what had been a really great character up until that point. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that uh, I agree. That fight just felt like, you know, a rock in a hard place clashing and I didn't really know. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Tyler. Those, it was OP, there's no doubt. Like, I, I feel like T'Challa's suit could take on like all of Iron Man's Iron Man suits, no problem. No, n- not even break a sweat. Mm-hmm. Right. I right. think I've, I think for me, what I would have liked to have seen to kind of fix that issue, um, I almost, and it would have been a much more one-sided fight, but I would have liked to have almost seen when T- T'Challa comes back that he didn't have the whole flower power, that all he had was his suit. skills and his suit. Because then there would be an edge given to our bad guy and we would have almost a small underdog story um to to you know to overcome but i also know that that whole plot point helped with oh that's why he you know recovered so quickly was because flower power you know <laughs> well and also we have to you know keep continuity because homeboy ran as fast as uh, captain america could ride on a motorcycle in civil war like it was no big deal so he's got to be flower super power. something flower power <laughs> you know one thing i didn't 
I, I didn't give it much thought until now, but I'm I'm kind of intrigued, and you guys may or may not know the answer to this. Um, we know with like Superman, he's got kryptonite. Well, what is Black Panther's kryptonite? Um, if he doesn't have his, he suit loves on. too much. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure there's yeah. something. I know in the comics, there's um, there's certain uh, ways to negate the effects of of vibranium or whatnot. Kind of like the the with the train scene, kind of how they were kind of negating it. I think there are rare ways to kind of negate that. Um, out, but I think it also in the comics, like I don't know if his suit is quite as as. OP as OP. it is in the cinematic universe, I think it's more of his super strength than it's just a suit. Um, but I'm not a lot. Of, I'm not sure. Like I said, like you said, Tommy, I I don't know very much about um, Black Panther. I know he at one point in the comics he marries Storm from the X Men, and that's about the extent of my knowledge on <laughs> the character. I'm well, very intrigued, and I really want to look more into him. I was I was more under the impression that <coughs> he didn't get his powers from those flowers, but from like somewhere like a spiritual realm. Of like the Black Panther God, that's how I was, but obviously yes, I think that's how it is in the comics. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of. But I like I I don't know for sure. Um, also, Tommy, to speak to your question, this isn't a, a physical kryptonite, but this is something that I thought of with one of the um, end credit scenes, and we might we might get to that in a second. But um, in one of the post credit scenes, uh, we see. Uh, T'Challa in front of the UN saying that he's going to open up Wakanda's borders and basically um, share knowledge and resources with the world. Um, and they had, had been a pretty reclusive country till that point. Um, but looking ahead toward Infinity War, we, we see in Infinity War that Wakanda um, is obviously like the stage for this, this great battle that's going to happen. Um, and T'Challa could have unknowingly uh, just basically given up a, a great hiding city um, that yeah. they could have had in Infinity War, and now that they're kind of open and the world knows about them, um, Thanos is going to know exactly where to go. Yeah, some of those elders are going to be upset. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I did have a thought. Uh, what did y'all think? Because... Marvel has kind of got this trend with a lot of their movies where the villain is just a copy paste of the hero. You know, Iron the like first two Iron Men, the villains were robot Iron Men kind of things. In Ant Man, it was the same thing. We have, um, you know, literally a carbon copy of what Ant Man was. Yeah. Um, what did y'all think of that? The whole, I, you know, I was worried going in. Um, because I saw in the trailers that uh, Killmonger ends up with a suit just like him, but I don't think it bothered me as much because his character was already developed and it fit because he literally became the king for a little while, so he literally was Black Panther. It wasn't like, oh, a copy-paste because it's the strongest thing ever. It was literally just one of those things that he was the king, so of course he gets a suit and that's why they fight each other. So it, for me, it didn't bother me as much. I thought that worked better than other villain copying pasting in the yeah. past it, it didn't bother me because of similar reasons and also because he became king he became black panther but also you know t'challa and eric you know killmonger are two sides of a coin in a lot of ways you know they they both you know one one is what happens when you know life goes well and your family loves you and things go well and one when that doesn't go down you you go it's like really two different paths like are are you going to become a good person or are you going to become 
an evil person in a lot of ways. Um, and in some very interesting ways, even towards the end when they're having some conversations, you can see that those two characters are very similar except some of the decisions they've made. And you can easily see either or ending up go either or going down the other direction. The other one did if only yeah. one or two things that have been different. So that I didn't mind it as much in that way because it kind of represented it's almost again. like a, it's almost like a, a actual dark reflection of yeah. what T'Challa's character himself could have been. And I think, I think T'Challa recognized that, that this is, you know, their cousins or whatnot, but he recognized this is where, any of us could have been in the same situations and his his motivation wasn't wrong because at the end they ended up you know coming out and sharing but it was the the method that killmonger wanted to use that was so wrong that t'challa knew was wrong and was refused to you know accept and go back on and so i think that I, i think those are interesting comparisons to make yeah um I really like mm. the whole scene with the the car with the sister drive yeah. remote driving the car. I just I randomly thought about that. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Yeah. I thought that Are whole they... her getting excited and being like, "Yeah, I get to help on the mission," and she's well, just driving yeah. the car. I we thought obviously, that was so cool. Yeah, we obviously loved all the characters. What are some other parts of the movie that you guys like? For me, Matt, you just reminded me of one of my favorite. That car chase scene was just really done well. I love a good car chase scene in a movie, and I felt like that one was really great um and i know it's a little op and we've been talking about you know he was op but when he did that backflip onto the car and then or the flip off and just released all the kinetic energy that was a really cool moment in the movie i really like mm-hmm. that yeah i thought those kind of flips and stuff and and there were a couple that looked bad but i was really worried after seeing the trailer that i was going to hate all of those sequences but like some of them i actually liked and i thought the way that he stop that car with the whole kinetic energy i thought that was such a clever and unique thing that they used even if it was kind of overused at points yeah. right and extremely op tyler what about you do you have some other favorite parts that you really loved oh you know honestly and this is this is like a, a little bit deeper but um we we touched on this at the beginning but i really i did enjoy some of the the social commentary um ex- especially kind of like what we said the idea of collaborating um with the world um you know the idea that wakanda was probably better off just staying by themselves and kind of secluded yeah. for their own good um but but i liked that that was a struggle that was explored because i think that that's something that is very timely to what um is kind of happening now in our world today and um and and if nothing else it just caused people to kind of stop and think about it for a second yeah mm-hmm. i agree with that Tommy, what about you? Are there any points that we haven't touched on that you stuck out to you that you really like that you want to make sure we talk about? Um, no. Okay. Well, well then, so. what about this? And there may not be much, but besides, I think we all agreed that there was some um, CGI that wasn't the best. Oh, did you think of There's, something? Yeah, actually, there is something. It's, te- it's on the technical aspect of this. Um. I do want to give props to the whole crew and the cast, but also um, I th- uh, the cinematographer for this is actually a female, and she is actually the first cinematographer to be nominated for. Um, oh shoot, was it Golden Globe? What's the What's the award coming up right now? Academy Award? 
the Oscars, yeah. Oscars, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are coming up. She's up for an Oscars for a uh, film that she did last year. But I also wow, believe awesome. that, and I, I'm trying to figure out if this is true or not, but I think this is the first Marvel film that was DP'd by a woman. Really? really? That's So on top of like just the, the you know, almost completely African-American cast and the director, and now we've got a, a woman DPing for Marvel, like this this is becoming more and more a big deal movie and it just makes it even cooler that it was a good movie, mm, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. I've seen some people saying like, do you think people, do you believe the people aren't going to give it a bad re- review, you know, because they might be seen as racist or whatnot. I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's generally a really good movie. It's not a perfect movie, but it is an enjoyable and good movie. And I think that's awesome that there are so many, you know, I, I don't think we can, uh, and we've only kind of touched on it, but I don't think we need to uh, underrate how, you know, impressive this is and how big of a deal this is. And it, it really is really cool and just makes me more and more happy that so many people are enjoying and so many people are talking about it. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. That's, so, it's a cool, cool fact, Tommy. I'm glad you thought of that. Um, Things well, you don't like—is that what you're saying, Matt? Yeah. Or? So, like, I know we we all kind of talked, mentioned that there were CGI moments that stuck out to us. Was there anything else that, like, maybe you didn't really completely buy, or you didn't really like, or anything like that? Like, I, I mentioned the whole uh, the whole plot thing of like, couldn't he have just killed Claw earlier and used them to get into Wakanda early? But I mean, that's not a huge deal. That's just something that stuck out to me. Is there anything like that for y'all? I uh, this is really petty and maybe culturally insignificant uh, like but the guy with the big thing in his lip because I know that's like an African culture thing just looked painful every time I looked at it that's just me being way too like thinking in my head what that would feel like if like I did that just all of a sudden he also mm-hmm. dressed like the Riddler for most of the movie and that was a little distracting to me I think and did anyone else I think that the the, the colors were supposed to be the different tribes because yeah. like yeah. Uh, which I thought was really cool because uh, Wakabi was always wearing kind of blue. Uh, Nakia, uh, T'Challa's girlfriend, she was almost always wearing green. And I thought that was really cool that there was a real easy visual way of being like, oh, that's, you know, kind of represents their, their tribe of, of the f- tribes. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I was disappointed that when M'Baku started barking that we did not go into Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> like I think that was a failed opportunity. Just, oh, I'm, I'm glad throwing you, it out there. I'm glad you mentioned him. I really liked Mbaku, and I'm glad like he showed up and fought and was really intimidating, and then still showed up and was important later on in the movie. Because I feel like they easily could have just been like, "Yeah, that's a thing," because you know we've got to have some conflict early on. Like, I think his character was cool. I think his tribe was cool, and I think it's cool that they got like a little uh, redemption arc because I didn't know notice this, but my girlfriend had pointed out that Mbaku was with the council at the very end. Yeah, I I liked I liked his character a lot because I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but Manape is uh, a villain in the Marvel universe, and that's him. Why? Am and I they didn't like let that fall into a weird thing. I thought those were good. Yeah, probably good that they didn't use the the name man yeah it it, maybe. it, it yeah. was not good yeah um one thing one thing that this is again a little petty thing at the end of the movie that i wasn't a crazy fan of um i i liked the dynamic between um t'challa and nakia the the entire movie um 
But at the end with them just kind of kissing, it just kind of felt like one of those old Disney films where, you know, the yeah. prince and the princess kiss at the end and um, it's kind of a happily ever after. And so that, uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but that's nitpicky because this is an otherwise a pretty great film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could pull other things that bug me, but honestly, nothing really stood out. Super negatively except thing for that- a few things. One other thing that, like, it's not a big deal at all, but it got me thinking. I really thought the opening sequence was visually stunning and awesome. The whole, like, vibranium sand telling the story. I thought that was super cool. I just didn't like that it was, like, a flood of exposition. Because I Mm. feel like the movie did a good job of explaining Wakanda and everything. And I heard somebody say that, like that whole opening sequence that just throws everything at you at once like take it really takes away from the first moment we see wakanda like it was amazing like we fly through the shield and you see this like technological city and it's awesome but it would have had such more impact if you if the beginning had just been like yeah vibranium landed and like the country was able to use it or whatnot and didn't talk about how advanced we were and how hidden they were because by the time we see it, it's just like, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, that's what he meant when they said technological. Instead, it could have been, like, just more vague and not... not. I've, I feel like it did a good job of explaining this very, very cultured world. But I felt like maybe that beginning part just explained a little too much. Yet, I really love that whole thing. I almost wish that, like, it was used in the movie as, like, I don't know... Ch- T'Challa's dad like using the vibranium to explain their culture to like a young T'Challa or something I think that could have been really cool but like I said that's something super minor it just got me thinking because something had somebody had mentioned something about that opening sequence and I, I, I did really I loved it I thought it was super cool how they told the whole story but I do feel like it was a flood of exposition that they overall did a better job of explaining in the movie yeah, yeah, you can always appreciate a movie that does that does a good job more subtly um, giving you the exposition rather than just throwing it at you at the front. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. The visuals were okay. awesome, though. I loved the, the way the sand worked in that and in the rest of the movie. I thought that was so unique. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's, there's tons of stuff that we've missed that I know we could talk about for ever but we need to get wrapping up so is there anything that we haven't touched on that you just want to make sure that we mention for me i liked martin freeman's character i liked everett I did ross because he showed up in civil war and i was like hey bilbo and then he didn't do anything so when he showed up again i was like ah he's just going to be there as a conflict but like he stuck around and i felt like he kind of helped be that like that audience like bridge to like oh this is what you would be like if you just got dropped in wakanda you would just be like what is all of this and but then he actually played a part i thought his little you know they mentioned that he was a pilot at one point and then you know he gets a chance to like help save the day by fly remote flying the ship and that whole moment where like i thought he was dead for sure and we're we're the ship's trying to blow up the window and he's like how how long do i have and there's like the window's at 50 percent, and he's just like yeah, I can do that. <laughs> he gets in and like risks his life to help try to save the day. I thought, I thought that was cool. I can understand why some people might have not have liked him, and there were some moments that I was just like, "Why is he here?" But for the most part, I really liked his character. I'm really glad they did something with him in this movie, and I kind of hope he shows up. I, I think Drew, you said he kind of feels like what Phil Coulson was in Phase yeah, One. Yeah, he's of like Marvel. he's like a better Phil Coulson, and I also I love Martin Freeman like as an actor. 
So, like, mm-hmm. I, I love seeing him in this, and I, I felt like, because, you know, I just like his character a lot, and I, I liked him in this a lot. So, But he does, he feels like a Phil Coulson. I know he works at CIA, but he feels like that, a better Phil Coulson character, like, so I don't know. That was just me. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot. I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. I also liked the music a lot. Like, I thought, you know, Kendrick Lamar did the music for this. And, uh, man, I thought the whole soundtrack and, and the, the entire feel of the movie and music has a lot to do with that just felt tight and really, really great and had its the, own identity. Uniquely, there was even there was even parts of the movie where the the music and the way it was arranged was almost a little unsettling as well. Yeah. Um, which was which was neat because normally you just have, you know, kind of this big triumphant crescendo um, that are kind of standard in the Marvel films. But this, it, it was definitely more unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Black Panther. Yeah. Trying to think. I thought there was. Oh, I did want to. We we. Where do we think the next? You know, where do we think this may connect, and where do we think you know Marvel's going to go with this? I think that you know, based on the trailer for Infinity War, we know there's going to be a big fight in Wakanda. I think the last Infinity Stone, the Soul Stone, is buried in the garden where the flowers are made. And that is what gives the the power to the vibranium, whether it's down in the vibranium or down in that garden, I don't know. But I think the last stone is going to be in Wakanda. That's going to be like the last fight for Infinity War. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason they can communicate with their ancestors and stuff. Because it makes sense. So that oh, soul stone, I like is that, that. What, for it. Is that what we're lacking, the soul stone? Yep, the yep. last one's the soul stone. I was I actually like surprised, that. in a good way, I was surprised <laughs> that that wasn't like a major plot point that an Infinity Stone wasn't at the middle of this whole conflict. Um, yeah, but then that would have been like a big major, huh, don't forget word Marvel. So I, think I, know. I like that they didn't do that. So it no, could I even be, you know, something like the center of the vibranium, you know, yeah. meteorite that, that hit exactly. or something. Yeah, that, I, I like that a lot. It would also explain it why Thanos' army's attacking there, because... Why would they attack there? Because that's probably the strongest place on all of Earth. So probably, why would yeah. you? I mean, unless to... unless they've retreated back to Wakanda at that point. That's true. That's, that's true. But I think that that's that's my theory for moving forward with Marvel. Yeah. I think it's... What about the, our, our two end scenes? One was pretty wrapping up. We had you know, Wakanda is <laughs> going to open its borders. I like that one. But the one at the end, I really love seeing Bucky um, and seeing him without an arm and seemed like he wasn't crazy. Um, yeah. I like that. I like Bucky. I I thought they were good. The, that reminds me of the other negative I had. Um, it, not a, also not a big deal, but like the we're told slightly like in the movie that like the rest of the world thinks that Wakanda is like a third world nation, but I don't feel like they made that very clear. Besides, like there was one line with them that uh, Martin Freeman's character said, and then the whole thing at the UN, like. That's another thing with, like, the opening exposition and everything else. Like, I never really believed that the rest of the world just thought Wakanda was a third world nation. I actually... So I thought that was a little confusing. I actually thought that... uh, I I think the opposite. As someone who has no um, preconceived notion going into Wakanda or the views of the world, um, I actually... It was pretty easy to pick up that they have hidden this away... And I think they did it eloquently um, the first time that we fly into Wakanda, where yeah. you mm-hmm. see them flying over the plains, and it all looks very much this desolate third world area. Mm-hmm. And then it like 
I mean, they have their bubble shield, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> projection. Right. And I, I think, I think that, you know, I, I'm just going to disagree with you. I think that they did actually no, a pretty no, decent I, job from my perspective of, of keeping it to themselves. Right. And maybe that. I, and maybe I that's just like, something I kind of overlooked and maybe need to go a second viewing may make me go, Oh no, no, I, I completely buy it. I, I'm maybe I just got so entranced in the rest of the stuff that I missed that like, yeah, look at all these things that make it seem like the rest of the world has no clue that like they have anything, but I, I don't know. My, my favorite small hit towards that was when claw was being inter- interrogated and he's like, you know, elder, uh, El Dorado, you know, they thought it was in, uh, over in South America or, but no, it, it's, it's here. Like, and tying that back into like the, the myth of like a hidden, amazing, city of gold and riches and everything else that was really clever thing i liked that was real subtle without having to like you know say that it's this amazing technological world Mm-hmm. cool well i think that kind of wraps everything up does Again. anybody have something else they want to add all right i think this is time for dope or nope I do think it's time for dope or nope so let's give it our rating we only have two ratings here on the valkyrie cast if we give it a dope if we liked it we give it a nope if we didn't so i'll I'll give it a dope i thought it was awesome really really enjoyed it definitely going to try to pick it up on blu-ray when it comes out because and i kind of i'm probably going to go try to see it again in the theaters agreed i'm gonna give it a dope as well and uh i'm gonna echo that i i want to watch it again so exciting yeah Yeah, i'll give it oh oh, sorry tyler (laughs) we just jumped in together i'm gonna give it dope it was awesome go see it yeah, I'm going to give it dope as well. I agree, you should go see it. It's a little weird if you've just listened to this entire podcast and haven't seen it, but I Teach agree. Their own. It's going to be so confusing. Cool, well, uh, without further ado, let's wrap up with our favorite segment, What You Binge Watching. This is the segment where we talk about what we've been spending our free time on. I'll go first because I just finished Altered Carbon on Netflix. Disclaimer, do not watch this with your kids. Or your parents, because there's a lot of violence and there's a ton of freaking nudity, and it's a little annoying at points, but basically this is a world where, you know, there's these chips put in your spine when you're like eight, and when you die, your your consciousness is in your chip, so you just get put in a new body, and so it explores all these like really heavy issues of basically what would mankind be if you take away the fear of death, and it tackles some really intense and deep issues, but it's like this mystery crime police like sci-fi world and it's super interesting so if it sounds like something you'd be interested in i definitely think you should watch the first episode and if you're not like super interested in it and like like i was you 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 probably don't want to watch the rest of it but if that first episode hooks you check it out because it is it is awesome i really really liked it I have not been watching a whole lot of TV. Um, actually, after our last podcast, I picked up the Sword Art Online progressive novels. Oh, hey, you did? After I, did. I mentioned them? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, they're fantastic. I had stopped looking into the Sword Art um, written material after I picked up the first few manga. I didn't like the art style I could get over, but the writing style... I, I didn't like, and honestly, it was almost for a play-by-play of the TV show, and I didn't need mm-hmm. that. I wanted more. I wanted, I wanted all the levels that we missed in the TV show, um, which is what progressive is supposed to be. From what it I'm is, no, it, so that's and awesome. I'm literally, I've got um, 
a couple pages left in the first book. Um, I went with the light novels, and then as soon as I get through the light novels, I'm going to go back and pick up the mangas. Um, and and I've, I did pick up the first one and kind of thumb through it. And um, He's definitely progressed as an author. Um, he's definitely progressed the story. Uh, the manga has progressed. If you like that world, this is really cool. And, and I'm torn um, because I've been loving the story. Um, we get a lot more about the characters... Um, like the informant that gets mentioned in like one episode, like mm-hmm. well, there's there's an entire quarter of the book dedicated to Argo the Rat. Now, that's and awesome. So we get to know about her and like and and so it's a really nice play by play of all the things that we didn't get in the TV show. Um, so if they make it, if they make a new TV series, I'll definitely watch it. But um, the books are certain, or the manga too. You know. They're worth the read if you like that world. That's super awesome. I'm glad you checked that out after we talked about it last episode. So that's super cool, Tommy. What about you, Bobin? This or has probably Tyler. already been mentioned on a previous episode, but I just watched my uh, the last episode of Black Mirror on Netflix. So and, good. Uh, it is. It is just great. Um, what I love about Black Mirror, um, you know, it explores kind of um, – futuristic uh scenarios and situations and um circumstances that could arise because of technology and society Um, but what i love about it is all the episodes are self-contained so you can just pick it up watch an episode you can watch five episodes um, and you don't really need to know anything to watch an episode which is great so if you haven't checked it out i would recommend it i would recommend skipping the first episode until you get into it and then watch the first episode <laughs> no, you got you gotta see the first episode just go sets, just go off the deep end sets, is that what you're saying it Listen, sets, I still it sets say the tone for the rest of it <laughs> the, the most ballsiest like first episode ah. of any television ah. show like let's just lead in with this episode you're talking about the whole series right yes yes all right right. i'm just the pig right Uh, yes yep 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 make the first episode of the entire series but um but no it's it's a it's a a great show (laughs) also not for your kids or for your parents just that episode well but it's not every uh, episode like that it's not every episode there are are some acceptable that first episode whoo man yeah yeah, just just bold like i just want to know the guy who is like yeah I want to uh, let's let's do this. Uh, let's lead off to, with this. Let's yeah. lead off. Let's let everyone see because you know the first episode you're gonna see of an entire series. You know I've seen a lot of first episodes and decided if I want to put the time in or not. And woo, woo, what a first one. Yeah. I, well, I think back to uh, Doctor Who. Drew, you were the one who instructed me that um, on what episode of Doctor Who I should watch because um, I think <laughs> you have to kind of ease in, you know. Yeah, you're gonna watch the the Weeping Angel one, and you exactly. know if you like That's right. all of Doctor don't, Who or not. See, but I would have loved to have been in the writers' room, or like when they're pitching the producer. All right, guys, we have the first episode. All right, so what happens? All right, so uh, the MP's daughter gets kidnapped. Okay, okay, and uh, so now <laughs> he has to do something to get her back. Okay, what does he have to do? He have to pay like a lot of money? Nah, he's got to do something a little more personal. All right, does he have to like cut off a hand? Nah, he's he's got to make love to a pig. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, 
Yep. You almost that's, that's, you almost that's... wonder if it was a bet that someone had. Like, there's like, no there's way no way you can get, get this, this green happen. lit. There's and no like, way they got it green lit, and they're like, "Well, we just gotta roll with it now." <laughs> now we oh do man, it. if that's not the story, if it's not because a couple of the writers got drunk and they're like, "I bet you couldn't sell this to Smith," and and. <laughs> I know a guy at the BBC he owes me a favor. I will, yeah. I will say since you brought that up, Tyler, um, I feel like Altered Carbon feels like an episode of Black Mirror stretched throughout for like a whole series. Okay, so yeah, you yeah. should because it, it, it's like that. It's like this one big, you know, technology. What would it be like if it just got out of hand? But it's a whole thing. So I'm and it's very it Blade Runner esque. So, all right, Drew, you're last. So I've actually done a, a good bit. I, I finished Death Note finally. Hey. Really, really liked it. Like a lot of anime, like the first big story arc is really tight and really well done. And then it's almost like they're like, oh my goodness, this we have to keep writing. But the, like the second half of the, the arc didn't do much for me. I don't know if you felt that way, Tommy. The ending ended about how I expected it had to end. But at the same time... I don't know. It uh, it felt a little to be desired for me personally, um, but I really liked it. I think it's very different from a lot of anime, um, and it's definitely worth checking out. Um, it kind of it kind of goes with kind of where you're talking about ultra carbon, Matt. About it kind of asks some of these tough questions, like you know, what what does somebody do with unlimited power, and you can just kill somebody um, by writing their name in a notebook, and that's interesting. Um, to explore, oh, yeah. but um, so I finished that, and I've also been playing a lot of Overwatch because it's the Lunar New Year event, whoop, and whoop. I've got a lot of legendary skins. I've got like four Gosh, so far. Matt has four. zero. I've gotten like one purple of like went, ten or twelve loot boxes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I definitely went in to just get the the uh, Genji one, which I got like right off the bat, which was awesome. But I also got Hanzo, which is awesome. And if t- Bobin and Tommy, if y'all have never played Overwatch, it is definitely worth checking out so <laughs> do it check it out all right well that's what right. we've been binging did you have something tommy no i was just gonna i was since i since i let us in i was gonna go ahead and carry us gently out go ahead and carry us gently into that dark night we 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 shall go into the dark night and we shall go together well guys thank you so much for joining us uh, on another beautiful episode of the valkyrie cast we've had so much fun this is your first time tuning in we ask that you catch back up there's only 30 other episodes um <laughs> not a, a light a light day's listen yeah you got yeah. this <laughs> You can find us on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what if we one. made a MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. And you can catch our podcast on all of the major outlets that we're allowed to be on. So you can find us on Podbeam if, uh, if you are on Android. It's also available on Apple as well, but most of us here use the podcast app. So you can find us on iTunes. Um, you can find us on the web at thevalkyriecast.com. And uh, guys, it's been a it's been a huge pleasure talking with you guys. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us on this yeah, episode. Tyler. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, guys, and we are the Valkyrie Cast. <laughs> <laughs>